Hello again, and welcome to the Borderline Genius Podcast. My name is Chet Sandberg. And I'm Nora McKinney. I'm a nurse who doesn't want to be a nurse anymore. And I'm a researcher who doesn't want to be in academia anymore. So what do we want to be? I always wanted to be a baker. Don't listen to her. She's a writer. Okay, we're writers, and Borderline Genius is a podcast for writers. Because the world needs another one of those. But this one's different. It's Borderline Genius because he's borderline. And she's a genius. I'm not really a genius. Whatever. Join us as we discuss what we love and hate about writing, writers, writing community, and everything else. It's Borderline Genius. Hey. Hey. Your volume's kind of low, but you're good. Oh, sorry. Is it better now? Yeah. Yeah, Changing I just... careers, part two. Oh, Yay. we're recording. Welcome to this episode of the Borderline Genius Podcast. This is going to be another one of our kind of rambling episodes about life changes and about Yay. jumping off of cliffs without parachutes. Yes. Well, I have a parachute. It's called, you know, Urban. husband. Um, t- I have a little bit of a parachute, too, because I have, I've been building up my editing, um, my editing work as I go. I'm surprised at... Um, so for people who don't know, and this is probably coming out a little bit later, so there's some people in my life who don't know this yet, but I have uh, quit being a nurse, and, and I am doing freelance editing and working on getting um, a uh, game-lit slash lit RPG series ready for publication, and well, i got to write it first, but... Um, <laughs> and you have uh, the things you've already written. Yes, I do, but of course, you know how that is. Uh, I should have already um, published Vintagen. Because it's yes. um, it's not a it's not a story that's gonna sell um, like by itself like I mean it could I mean I, I shouldn't say that but what I'm saying is it's not um, it, it I you know it's for a certain sort of reader who may or may mm. not discover it whereas uh, what I'm writing right now um, well you read a little bit of it too you can see how my my writing style has changed a little bit too right yeah mm-hmm. I'm a little bit um, mm. yeah I'm I'm a lot. As much as I bitch about Hemingway, <laughs> I'm kind of like a lot, I'm a lot more crisp and clean in this new one. Just, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. I just keep being my happy literary, you know, lots of words self. <laughs> oh, I like the words though. Yeah. Yeah. I do that too. I mean, I should, maybe I should do that. Maybe every time I do a writing session, I should go into that, um, that uh, literary novel and just write another couple of yes you, you yeah. can certainly do, do the wordy stuff when you yeah. want to yeah. or when you're in the mood i don't know uh-huh. well my gamelet stuff is wordy it's just not um i'm trying to make it i'm trying to make the prose as, as invisible as hmm. you know i want my characters to be thinking the things that my character's thinking in their heads and think that they're it's their thoughts not i don't know hmm. but anyway so yeah um for the last Oh, God. Um, you know, I had that um, COVID scare. And I don't know if we talked about that last time, but I had this COVID scare where I went in. And a little bit, that, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I got tested and it was negative. Yeah. So we are both starting new things right now. Mm-hmm. Well, yours is not really new, right? You're just augmenting what you, you already were doing. I mean, you were already editing a lot. I was, I was, I was editing... Um, like is whenever I could, but the problem is, you know, nursing. I, I, you know, it's hard to 
it's so funny because there's just there was no way to know how much nursing was affecting me until mm. like I literally looking at like oh you know I'm not going back to it unless I absolutely have to and that is really like it's not like a break because even with a break you know I took a break when we moved from when um uh Steph and I moved from Salt Lake City to uh where she's from um I took a month and did NaNoWriMo and I didn't finish mm-hmm. it but I didn't complete it but um for the death mechanic and um I knew I had a month off but that still didn't feel like it does now of course it does because I because, knew I was gonna have yeah. to go back right yeah yeah, and in my case, I'm not going back to science because I can't. Like, my CV is completely, you know, <laughs> it's it's like, uh, yeah, doesn't have anything in it that would make anybody harm me in science at my age and with my almost um, non-existent publications. So, yeah, I can't go back. And, um, yeah, like in your case, somehow the stress is gone. Although in my case, it, also, it could also be the SSRI. <laughs> <laughs> definitely that could have an effect because, yeah. you, know, you are a wa- you're kind of like a walking uh advertisement for how life-changing those medications can be yeah because even I'm i like, can see it wow. like i'm like wow you just seem so much more calm and you just like yourself more well i hope the liking myself is going to stay and my therapist says you know it was time for these realizations to happen mm-hmm and they happen, so she doesn't necessarily agree that it's the drug, you know, because, you you know, I mean, we talk about these things, like, I was getting there slowly, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, I think you observed this in the past. I sure I did. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the, um, the removal of the stress factor just accelerated the process a little bit, right? Without but, a doubt, yeah. Like, I, I don't really want to say feel... that, like, I would get there, I think, but... You know, and the and the and the SSRI also by removing the stress, it removed the cause of my binge eating, and like my binge eating was like a hundred percent stress induced, like a hundred percent. Like it's incredible how a, a real disorder can can be traced back to this one factor in your life, like the stress, <laughs> which is well, this is something incredible. that's interesting. They were seeing amongst COVID patients. Um, and I saw an article for this that mm. said they call it broken heart syndrome mm-hmm. and it's broken heart syndrome is something where stress induced changes to your to the way your heart is working is causing it to be like you have heart failure or you have it can kill you but Incredible. usually if you but usually if you alleviate the stress your heart recovers um, the actual well, yes. <laughs> psychological stress yeah, but it's very psychologically stressed. But yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm, I used to say this before I even really got into cardiology. But my dad, uh, for people who don't know, my dad, my dad was um, uh, very disordered and um, suicidal, frequently suicidal. And he had always said that he was going to uh, go into the woods with a gun and just not come back out. And what's when he finally died, he died of a heart attack. Mm. And um, I didn't know what a myocardial function meant at the time. And of course, I'm quite familiar with the term now. And um, I used to tell people, he said, yeah, my dad died of a broken heart. Because my dad died at 55. Like, he died mm. young. And he smoked like a chimney, drank like a fish. Okay. But um, I honestly think it was emotional stuff that really did it. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't, uh, he wasn't overweight. He didn't eat super well, but he ate better than, like, like we did. You know what I mean? He always had, um, um, it was meat and potato stuff, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything that... 
that awful. Hmm. But I used to say he died of a broken heart. And I wonder if, you know, he'd gotten to a point in his life where he was alone. Mm. He had he had sold the land that we had grown up on and moved in closer to the city. Mm. And he had um, um, just been put on unemployment. Mm. And I just wonder. It's probably everything is a factor, right? Like, it's yeah. not like one thing. It's never yeah. one thing. Yeah. I think at least... Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I used to tell people, I said, yeah, I think my dad died of a broken heart. And mm. um, now I find out that there's this thing called broken heart syndrome. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's kind of mm. maybe accidentally getting to the point. I, you know, I think people's psychological health right now, because especially in America, um, mm. you know, welcome to the Thunderdome. Uh, the way we are treating this <laughs> disease like it doesn't exist is psychotic. But I really think a lot of people are just stressed and they're not in the same situation that they are in a lot of other places where you're like, you know, you're caught between I have to go to work and maybe bring something home that's going to get my loved one sick or I'm not going to rent. It's really it's incredible causing a like, lot of stress, I'm sure. It is, like, yeah. it's, it's incredible. Like, um, I was talking about this with, with my husband today. Yeah, and, and because an American friend was here, we were, you know, comparing a little bit the situations and... I was telling him about you and how, like, the hospitals are laying off people because the electives um, aren't being done anymore. And my husband was telling me, yeah, but, you know, here they they sent the doctors and the nurses to Kurzarbeit, which is like, you know, the hospital pays half and the state pays another, like, 20-30% so that, you know, people still have a yeah. salary, right? And I was telling right. him, what are you talking about? This is like like a good way to handle the situation like they're not yeah. they're not laying off people because here you can't really lay off it's very difficult to mm-hmm. to actually lay people off um mm-hmm. but here's the thing people are like well they should just let people go and here's the thing getting people back mm. is so much harder it means that when you when you lay people off trying to reboot like so germany will be able to like as soon as everything as the conditions get better all the staff are there everybody's there everybody's ready to go and reboot yeah, because, everything right away because mm-hmm. by law you can't just let people go right like that this is why hiring is a little bit more difficult maybe but um, but that's what i'm saying is it's also good it's also beneficial actually to rebooting your economy once it gets going because yeah because everybody's ready to go yeah 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 yeah. anyway i cut you off i didn't mean to i'm sorry no worries okay you can even notice it (laughs) no but but you said that you were talking about with an american friend and and he said yes but here you've got this this i can't remember what it's called though yeah so my so my so my husband was like yeah they went to quota bite which means like they they like like my husband went to, to Kurzarbeit because this was a measure that the that the government um, uh, took uh, when this started, right? That the the companies could um, like pay half and have the people um, work half time, like half time, part time. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, words. <laughs> <laughs> words. Do I know words anymore? Um, yeah, it's late. Um, where was I? Yeah, so they so, so they would have people. Um, so they had people work part time, like my husband, and so they were paid also fifty percent, and then the state paid another, you know, thirty percent, so that people are not like severely inconvenienced, right? Because you still have eighty percent or seventy percent of your salary, which is okay, ish. Yeah. For most people. Oh, you're louder. What happened? I just got too close to the microphone. Oh, Sorry. okay. <laughs> 
good. Um, yeah, and this is what the hospitals do. And the other thing that I notice here is I've been in hospitals, right? And I'm, it's difficult to see which one is a public hospital and which one is a private one. Because, you know, they all have to accept all patients who are, you know, insured yeah. by... But so it's, it was like, for me, this is... This is a huge kind of luxury, right? Because I could really take my my normal insurance, which is not a private insurance, it's like a state insurance, and go to any hospital I want, and they have to take you. Like, mm-hmm. they can't say, I'm not taking you, because it, the laws are like that, which is very good for us, the patients, right? So when I didn't like the public hospital I was in, because, okay, they are a bit more overworked there. I just went to give birth to a private hospital, and there was, like, there was no difference to 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 what my insurance paid but it was a huge difference to me because it was more relaxed you know the private one was more relaxed mm-hmm. so yeah you you have this choice with and of course i didn't pay anything because insurance covers everything here mm-hmm. when you give birth i mean yeah. unless you unless you want a private room for example right or something like yeah. that yeah which again yeah. is like i don't know like 40 euros a night it's like not it's like cheaper than a hotel it's not it's not even expensive like i got a private room because we wanted one yes and it was like like a small <laughs> like a small surcharge it wasn't even that bad oh my goodness you have no idea what it's like here here it's um so some of the money making uh, um definitely um um ob and um um you know the birth centers and stuff like that are huge profit centers mm. for the hospital it's very expensive to have a baby here mm. i mean you're looking at ten to fifteen thousand dollars i mean it's expensive here but you don't pay for it the insurance pays for it so mm. <laughs> end of story right, i'm, right, I'm right, sure yeah. it's very expensive here too but it's just we don't pay for it i know i'm saying it's personally individually expensive here see it's really funny that you say this uh, one moment chat what yes. <laughs> 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 we can even call the we can even call the episode cut the butt worms and people will be like <laughs> does this have to do with writing <laughs> anyway <laughs> so yeah so definitely challenges right even though you're home all the time now there's challenges oh yeah. my god yeah i'm not even doing much like uh, yeah. anyway we discussed about this I'm, I'm always thinking i'm not doing much yeah just because i did insanely much before i guess but, you were yeah. you were doing yeah obviously you broke yourself so you were definitely doing way too much yeah i just don't want to get back into the situation where you know my husband gets um frustrated and can't cannot deal with his um frustration and his impatience and his feelings because this is what you know affected us a mm. lot and i just can't can't deal with it because if you're dealing with a situation for a long time Mm-hmm. then you can get desensitized to it, but you also can get hypersensitive to it. Mm-hmm. And what's happening with me and, and my daughter is that we are getting hypersensitive to, like, the pitch mm-hmm. of voice. Like, he doesn't even have to be mean. We just detect the slightest change and we already get upset and stressed because we know how it escalates, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we get already upset and, like... Oh, it's it's hard. I mean, I I got upset last Thursday, I think, or when was it? And like, I'm I'm taking the medication, right? Like, I don't really get upset, and I still got upset, and I started crying hysterically. Oh no! Because you know, we had this situation where 
you know, Uban doesn't talk to me, right? And or he used, he didn't talk to me, and this has been our big problem for the past fifteen years or so. And now he finally started to communicate with me, and this is very important for a relationship and for a family to work like that. You have some basic level of communication between the members of the family, yeah. And this is where it, this is one of the few reasons why we we got in this situation, and then. You know, he said something like, yeah, you accuse me of things again. So this is why, see, this is why I, I don't talk to you because, um, or this is why I don't answer, or this is why I don't say my opinion, because then you will, you will turn it around and accuse me of stuff. And I, I freaked out. I like, I got, I started hyperventilating again and I started hysterically crying. I think the whole neighborhood heard me and I was like, oh my God, like, now he's going to stop talking again. Like we, like we tried so hard. I fought for fifteen years to to get to the level that I get some communication and some information. And now he's going to shut down again. And you know, a person like that who's an extreme introvert, if he shuts down, there's like no hope on earth that you're going to get anything yeah. out of him, right? And I freaked out completely. And they all had to come, you know, and hug me. And he had to say, no, 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 this is not going to happen. You know, I'm, I'm oh. not going to shut down. Like, I was like completely hysterical, you know, with sobbing and crying yeah. because I, I can't get back to that. Like, it's it's not, it's it's impossible, right? Yeah. And I've become so hypersensitive to these things. And it's very nice because it's the time where my contract has ended and I don't have a salary and <laughs> these things are happening. And my daughter is very upset and, and very stressed and she's also hypersensitive and we're in a very nice situation and you know the other stuff that you know are going on with me the other problems let's yes. not mention let's not mention emo let's say this this emotional issues that i've been dealing with <laughs> let's let's just just leave it there um yeah it's it's been tough i think even yeah i think I it's don't know. yeah i think it's um all of this sounds really awesome. I honestly think, uh, kind of getting back to the to the um, to the topic, kind of. I think we both, you know, what happens is you. It's like, um, so this might not make very much sense to you, but there's this game called Sonic the Hedgehog, and um, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog Two. There was this. Oh boy, I'm such a dork. There was this. Uh, <laughs> it's like I can talk high level philosophy, and I can talk about Marx, and I can talk about. And then I'm talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic, but, yes, um, of course. Yeah. So uh, Sonic the Hedgehog too, you know, he does this thing where he can he can he can like wind up his legs like boom, 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 and for as long as you want to, and then you let go and he just pow shoots off like a bang. And I kind of think that like for me, the last ten years of needing to get out of nursing, it was just winding up, winding up, winding up, winding up, winding up. Like I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, and then bang. You know, what I mean, I think COVID, mm. COVID, and the way that hospitals mm. are or are not responding to COVID just went kabang, and all of a sudden I'm like. You know, I get to mm. shoot out and kind of do, because it's really hard. It's been really hard for me to focus on literary stuff or on um, mm. writing and editing when I'm constantly having to um, change my uh, schedule. You know. Yeah, come on. Because even if I got three days off, it's like it takes a day to get over how awful that shift was, and then, yeah. um, you know, I finally start to relax, and then it's time to go back to work again, and that's not happening yeah. now. I'm not in that cycle. Mm. So just not being up during the nighttime and being sleeping during mm. the day is helping. And so I think like for you, you know, it's the same kind of thing. You were winding up and winding up, winding up. And, you know, all of the stuff that led to you writing a natural. Oh, by the way, guys, if you guys haven't seen this yet, she's got a new 
uh, cover. If you're in her fan group on Facebook, um, you really should go check. She's got a new cover for uh, a natural, <laughs> and it is wow. I mean, I liked the, the other one. The other one really reminded me of like a of like the way you would do like a like a heritage reprinting of a Jane Austen novel, kind of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah, it's, it really it's did. Like, it was really bit, really good instincts. Jane Austen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then this one, this one is modern, and it's just. Yeah, we it's have to. Truly yeah, epic. I, we have to refit the size a little bit. By the way, I I wanted to say that today, um, this cover was made by Ryan Rinsler, who's a very nice cover designer, and mm-hmm. oh my god, he's going to do all my covers. I promise you that. Is really mm-hmm. good. I'm I'm so happy with this. He just caught, you know, the the mood, right, of the yeah. Of the he really did. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, having read the book, um, yeah, I I I read it. and I'm like. This is just, this is going to catch people's eye yeah. and it's going to be, um, yeah, I dig it. I dig it a lot. I saw it and I just kind of was like, oh, because I thought, you know, you're telling me you're doing a recover and I thought, oh, you're just going to like sharp. I really just thought you were just going to sharpen up what you already had. Yeah, this is what I thought. But Ryan came mm-hmm. up with this idea and I'm, come on, like he's, he's the expert on this, but I'm not an expert on yeah. covers. And you see, like he, he, he does it well. Mm-hmm. Mm. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about what do you think about that? Do you think that you've just been kind of winding up and winding up and winding up and winding up and now, you know, um, <laughs> your husband's getting dealing like being able to address some of the stuff and you're finally, you know, acknowledging the fact that you're not you don't want to be an academic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's um, like I've been look, you've seen this happen right in the past couple of months. Um, mm-hmm. I've been discovering stuff that about myself that um well we're always there obviously but i didn't know (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i'm one of those people who have been deceiving themselves for decades even or have been misunderstanding stuff have been have been living with misconceptions you know Mm -hmm. and with i don't know like uh, yeah different kinds of biases about myself which were there for um certain reasons and now I don't know like like the fog is lifting and I can see things the way they are maybe maybe a bit late I don't know <laughs> it's maybe it's a bit late in life no I don't think it is but... late in life I mean well no because I think that like Steph and I used to talk about this a lot you know uh, mm-hmm. Steph and I it's really funny you know um, Steph is my uh, my ex and my current editor on um on um Vinter Egan and um you know, we were very good friends before we ever uh, became romantic. But she talks about this idea of twin twin flame, which means that it's not the same thing as like, it's like you're on a path to teach one another things that you need that you can that you can help, but you can't really. It's, it's this concept where you you really kind of make the path forward clear for one another, mm. but you don't go down the same path afterwards. Mm. Sometimes, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, it's of a course, very interesting idea. It makes idea. sense. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I know you don't do tarot or anything like that, but my, I did a tarot no. spread last year at the beginning of my thing. I know it's all boo boo, but it's really funny where um, you know for December the tarot reading is the um, the hermit, mm-hmm. and something interesting about the imagery of the hermit. And I don't know a lot about this, guys. I don't want you to think them, but like the idea of the imagery of the hermit is that he's he's holding a lantern, and the lantern can only see as far out as the hermit needs to know in order to keep moving. It's not. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know a lot about the, the, the future. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of interesting that I'm running, that that's in that, it, that it's in that wheel 
coming around for um, December, mm. you know, like for the future. I'm really excited. I think for the first time in a long time, I'm doing what I should be doing. I yeah. feel, I, I sit down and I do editing. And don't get me wrong, editing, I'm working harder at editing than I, than I ever did as a nurse. Well, I've had jobs. Thing. Yeah, I've had jobs as, as a nurse where, um, you know, you go in and it's a decent shift. You get one admission maybe. And, and uh, all you're really doing is just being there in case people need you. And, you know, you'll have nights where people don't need you. Now, this hasn't happened at my last assignment because my last assignment was, um, um, did just try to get you to do way, way, way too much. But, mm. um, but with editing, there's, never, there's no such thing as that, mm. right? You're always looking at every sentence trying to make it yeah. better, trying to make sure it's still in the author's voice. So uh, it's a much more intense kind of work, but I got to tell you, I feel like I was born for it, you know? Yeah, it's your thing. Like there are certain concepts that I just pick up and I'm like, oh, I, this just makes total, this, this makes, like, I don't wonder why this is. I come completely, as soon as I, you know, if I learn a principle or I know a principle, now I know what it's called. You know what I mean? That's happened a lot to yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of Speaking of which, you're a pretty good mm-hmm. editor too. You're pretty good at finding all sorts of little technical things that I would like, oh, I remember the other day, like the other day, this is the one, we should talk about this too for editing. There's this thing where people don't understand it's a misplaced modifier because the subject is... It's also dangling, I think, right? It, it was a dangling, dangling, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, dangling or misplaced, but yeah, the dangling especially. But people don't understand that you can, if you use like, if you say Chris's tool, Mm. You, you'll you, the modifier is for Chris, but Chris actually isn't in the sentence. Chris's yeah. tool. Chris, Chris's is just a modifier of tool that helps specify what tool it is. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's that is one that I'm, I should tell people that are writers who are listening to this. L- look for that. Look for um, your possessive. Uh, um, uh, what do they call apostrophes? You know where you where you where you have a a, a case of. of of uh, somebody possessing something, possessing or, something yeah. mm-hmm. and then look and make sure that your modifier isn't um, trying to modify a subject that doesn't exist because it, it's very tricky yeah because looks... they, they mix some, some people just mix the, the person and the person's thing in the same sentence basically and um, so the modifier has a different subject than the primary clause or how do you call it gotcha any there is case, no subject. The subject that, that it's talking in, to in, about In any case where existed. your modifier has a different subject than, than the primary um, clause, mm-hmm. then you have a dangling modifier, no matter how. Like most of those are ING modifiers, mm-hmm. but not always. So this is the one I was I was wondering about. And mm-hmm. um, this happens sometimes. And it's, it's, a, it's a little bit hard to spot. But you're pretty good. You're, get, you're really, you've got like a laser focus on that kind of stuff it's awesome yeah it's... i don't do so much i don't really do the the line editing thing so much mm-hmm. but on a copy editing um I'm, I'm comfortable on a copy editing level yeah like i'm i'm very i have a very strong sense of self as a writer myself so um for me to go online edit ooh, it, it gets really tricky oh because you, know? you do you think that you try to do too much you try to change too much? I have strong ideas, let's say, and I have. <laughs> but didn't we talk about, remember we talked about Dario, we talked with Dario about that, where we said, yeah. I, you know, I said, you have to have strong ideas about line, about style to be a line, a line and style I don't have editor. strong ideas about style. I just know mm-hmm. how I want to say things. Like, I change style often. Like That's I've, what that is. You've read my stuff, right? Like, at mm-hmm. one point, I will just write completely, you know, let's say normally in quotes, and at some other point, I just switch between writing dialogue and, and between mentioning an, a whole dialogue without quotes in a in, in a paragraph and then i'll go back and 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 write um 
a dream sequence where there's no sense of dialogue and everything's like I, I just just I have a strong sense of what's right for the for the current you know text I'm writing in but uh, I don't have a strong sense of style generally I just change styles you know I think except well, for I the mean, fact that I'm, you don't have an elucidated sense, like you haven't like you don't have like a defined but unconsciously you have a set idea of the way you think things should be I think that's all I remember. Yeah, and it's that. different for every kind of text, right? Like um, the memoir I'm writing now is like completely like <laughs> complete uh, lots of comma splices and a little bit jumbled and um, a little bit insane. <laughs> and other things are much more crisp because they have lots of dialogue with, with very few tags, for example, like in Switch. And I, it always changes. It depends on, on the mood and on the style. And some things are intentionally jumbled like the memoir mm-hmm. I'm writing now, mm-hmm. it's on Scribophile, and people are like, why don't I have the information about these people? I, on, I want to know more. And I'm like, you're not going to get more <laughs> because <laughs> this, this is what this thing is. It is like that. It is mis- Maybe you go, you're going to get a little bit, a little more, but this is not a genre novel, right? This is like a weird memoir um, yeah. that talks about my inside world so it's not going to be like clear cut and you're not going to hear that this person you know comes from there and studied there and is so and so old you know and you know their parents like there's like basically the only information you're going to get is because of context so (laughs) and because what is of what is mentioned in the various episodes that i narrate in a very you know episodic and jumbled way because in every chapter of memoir i just connect different snippets of dialogue or events from different encounters um Mm -hmm. like it's not even linear at all but that's a choice that's intentional that's that's the thing i think it's like people are like well people are be like well you have to have this i need to know this i'm like you don't especially with beta readers a lot of times they'll say they'll ask you questions Hmm. Uh, especially in the first chapter. So I'll ask you questions. They're like, what about this? What about this? I need to know this. And I'm like, you don't actually need to know that. You want to know that. And that's why it's there. I want you to know And that's why you're reading the book, right? That's why you're reading the book. And then somebody wrote, it was very strange because somebody wrote, it was like my third or fourth paragraph in the first chapter of the memoir. And she wrote something like, okay, why don't I know more? It's like, okay, it's the fourth paragraph. Just yeah. if you want to know more, <laughs> you might need to read more, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. People get, people can really send you, they can really send you in the wrong direction, you know? I was really frustrated, I remember, when I first started. I, with... That's that's not going to happen to me, you know? That. No, I know. <laughs> because I, know. I have very, very strong ideas. And I'm like, yeah. okay, just don't buy it. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, but it's really funny because um, people will send you in the wrong direction, though, because they'll be like, well, how about this? How about this? How about this? And then if you write that, then it's just mm-hmm. a big info dump. And people are like, yeah. oh, I, this is an info dump. And I'm like, well, make up your mind. Like, you, you do you want Yeah, it? I understand yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can be quite frustrating when you're first getting your getting your um, getting a handle on it. And the other problem is you can't do everything right in a novel, right? Because... Mm-hmm. I've read lots of reviews of my first novel and somebody wrote, okay, you don't have, you don't have like descriptions of the um, places in Scotland. And I'm like, okay, fine. But by the point they got to Scotland, the the plot was so thick with drama that, you know, you, you wouldn't even bother to 
to say, oh, she went there and he went there and he looked at this building. You know, it's like it takes, you know, pulling back from all the drama and the interiority to actually notice that, I think. So, you know, if you look at it with a novelist, you know, very uh, calm and cold eye, you might notice it. But I think if you're like thick in the plot, you don't really do. You like, I, I don't know. Like, it's like, are you there? I'm here. I was like, you're listening to I'm, me. I'm like, why no. is this guy interrupting? Like, it's weird. No, because I'm listening I'm listening with rapt attention. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> wow. Like, like wow. I that's, know. that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, it's like sometimes I feel that, like, when I, when I review a work, I don't review with a checklist, you know, like, is this element fine is the other element fine and some people are like okay how is the character development character development check that's fine good one star how is the world building world building check fine that's okay but i don't do that like i notice editing problems but other than that i just read as a reader and i see i ask myself am i satisfied by this yeah, you take it as a whole, right? Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I won't say, oh, you know, the descriptions of their place weren't good enough. Or um, as a friend of mine says, like the development of the characters wasn't satisfactory. I don't care. Like I do, I will not sit and think about the development of the characters if my experience of this novel was satisfactory, right? Um, and you might argue that if the development of the characters is as it should be, and I don't know how it should be, then my experience will be satisfactory. But I doubt that's the whole story. I mean, maybe a character doesn't develop, you know, and it's still yeah. an emotionally satisfying story. You see what I mean? Like, I, uh-huh. I don't, I don't do check boxes. Yeah. You know, I, I don't do that. And um, I don't either. Like. Um... It's funny because being an editor and all that kind of stuff and even looking at structure and stuff. Yeah. I'm not looking for people to, to fill out. I've seen some stuff. Um, you know, you've heard me bring up this name before, but John Oakes, he did a crime novel yeah. called uh, Cold Land. And my God, best thing about Cold Land was it's a crime novel and I never knew what was going to happen next. Mm. I didn't know if John was going to make me laugh or he's going to freak me out or what was going to happen. And it was the coolest, most interesting like, I just kept reading because I was like, I want to know, like, this is this is just intriguing in and of itself. And so um, what I liked about it was that it did not, you know, for a lot of crime novels, you can, you know, you can follow the setup and you can follow the, um, they have a pretty, it's not as rigid as romance, but crime and mystery novels have kind of like a few pretty set structures. And um, I don't know what he did, but my gosh, I tell you, I still reread that book. Um, hopefully we'll have John on here again soon because I keep talking Yay. about um, him. We, we brought AC on. Uh, we can bring John on and uh, and have him talk about his path through this uh, this crazy world of um, writing and publishing. Yeah. <clears throat> John's funny. He's a he's a um, a uh, geography. Uh, I think he's a PhD, but I'm not sure. And I always joke with him and pretend that mm. he studies rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Well, that's geology, but yeah. Okay. I, yeah. But that's the point. I'm like confidently wrong. You know what I mean? I like to sometimes. Ah, be yes. Con- like the people who confuse astrology and astronomy, which drives astronomers and astrophysicists crazy, of course. Or how about the people that um, 
this is me as an editor. People like I t- was talking about in that editing thing where people will say that passive voices. Oh no no. <laughs> remember no! the passive voice? <laughs> oh what? my god, yes. People don't know what like this is one of my. They don't know what passive voice like... means. Yeah, they don't know what it means. And I'm like, that's not passive voice. That's. But it's so filter. clearly defined. Like, how can you? Uh, yeah. Anyway. I've had editors like try to tell me it's something with passive voice when I'm like, yeah, you maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> That's okay. I told you my, my experience with an editor once where they, they told me how brave it was to write my first chapter in first person like that. And yes. It was and, it was in, and it was in third person, very quite obviously in third person. Like it's I not mean, a confusingly you, you, written, you, I don't change it. Mm-hmm. You and I'm can't like, wait. mix those, right? It's impossible. I'm like, like, how can you? I was like, anyway, I you can. I don't think you recover from an audition when you, when you get the, 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 uh, no. the point of view wrong. No. Yeah. No. I mean, you can take all the classes you want, but. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we're striking out on our own now, and um, hopefully we'll be able to do um, more podcast episodes more more frequently. And um, yeah, because you have more time. Like I don't really have more time, even if I'm I'm not working. That's I don't know how this happens because I took up the violin now and I want to practice the violin. That's awesome. Because I'm not I'm not doing enough. Obviously, like my my friend my friend Elise was like, no. You need to be doing like fewer stuff, not more. And I was like, look, this is relaxing. Like you just sit and you just, you know, concentrate on one thing, you know, which is, yeah, which is actually I don't think relaxing. That's what happens. Is that what happens? Yes. Do you concentrate on just one thing? Yes. Now? Yes. Like being able to concentrate on one task is like the definition of relaxation for a parent. Mm-hmm. Like I can do this one thing, right? This is like. Mm-hmm. It's way more relaxing than anything else in my life. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just sitting there and trying to figure out where to put my fingers on the fingerboard. It's it's a very relaxing thing. I mean, you have to develop a skill, but it's not like a skill that's completely hugely difficult, right? Like you you can do it with a little bit of attention. I I me ex- personally would probably never want to try to learn how to play the violin because it's such a difficult instrument, from what I've heard. It's fine. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sure you're. I'm sure you'll be fine. But me, I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like when people tell me, "Oh, this thing is difficult." Um, my reaction is always challenge accepted because, like, <laughs> like why are you telling? Like, what's the point in somebody telling you that something you want to do it's hard? This is what my mother-in-law does, right? Oh, it's hard. Uh-huh. It's very hard. You know, you you're going to have to practice. Oh, yes, thank you. Like. And I thought I was going to learn the violin by just looking at it, like not practicing. Like, what, what's the point in telling me that? Yeah. And, and what I told her when she told me that, because she lent me a violin that's been unused for, like, not, hasn't been played in maybe 30 years or so, right? So it was sitting there and I was like, can I borrow this because I want to learn to play? And she was like, yeah, this is hard. And yeah, you know, you have to practice. And I told her, yeah, I'm unemployed. So I have all the time in the world to practice now. Mm-hmm. And my friend Dimitra thought this was hilarious that I just said to my mother-in-law's face, "Yeah, I, I have time. Your your husband, uh, you know, your son is going to be working for me to be sitting and, and learning the, the violin. It was fun." Yeah. <laughs> you're not. So amused. this is this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing with our. Uh, you do what you're doing with your relaxation time is to take on more. Yeah, because things. I have to. I have better. Are you going to try to learn now, Swedish right? again now too, or what? You know. Mm? You're going to try to learn what? how to speak Swedish? I know how to speak Swedish a little bit. I'm just not very fluent anymore because I haven't mm-hmm. practiced in a long time. I can speak to you if you want. How's no. your Swedish? 
You had yeah. a grandma who spoke Swedish, right? And a grandfather. Grandfather, yeah. okay. Mm. I suppose my grandmother probably did too, but my grandfather did. Mm. Yeah. But he did not. I mean, he didn't to me, but he could. Mm. I'm just now wondering why the Americans who are my friends are of Nordic descent. This is weird. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> your friend Tyler, he's, he's Nordic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's no- Norwegian or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Minnesota, eh? You betcha. You betcha. <laughs> Don't you know? Yeah, I yes, uh, apparently they say these things. And what oh, was yeah. the other one? Um, that's different, right? <laughs> what? That's different? What? Which? Yeah, I had to watch it. I had, oh, I had, I had to. I didn't have to. Um, anyway, there's this funny video on YouTube uh, how to talk Minnesotan. And <laughs> one of the things you say is that's different. Apparently. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't. I'm yeah. not that one. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I'll have to get used to it. Um, <laughs> I'm really, but we we really were wandering around quite a bit here. But yeah, I mean, bringing it back to the bringing everything back to the because you you made me think of um, I will be in my home region where I'm from for a while after Michigan. This. Yeah, and um, that made me think of it. And I'm just thinking it's really strange not knowing what's next but, but it's, it's nice exciting. Though. it's exciting yeah it's exciting, exciting yeah. yeah i don't know what comes next so i have another friend um james eichinger uh-huh. who is going to with my help um publish a series of novellas um, mm-hmm. it's uh, sci-fi fantasy space opera and he's mm-hmm. really good and i'm excited and we have to figure out how to do it um so, so i'm maybe going to have marketing stuff well, I yeah, I'm I'm going to have to learn some skills because he's working full time and I'm not. Um, so I will have to educate myself uh, because I really believe in his stuff, um, and I really want to do this. Um, yeah, so like I'm busy. I'm I'm doing some proofreads. You know, I'm doing some beta reads. It's all very little money, but I'm figuring. You know, little money is better than no money. So, <laughs> so it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, and of course I would like to reach a point where I'm a little bit financially independent. Definitely. I mean, I don't want to be independent from my husband. This is not the point here. The point is that you feel that you can, you know, hold your own and um, contribute and have a skill that's, you know, useful and you can, you know, work and earn some money because my other skills, they're not really they don't translate very well to industry. I mean, they would translate very well, but if you have only academic experience, it's very hard, especially at my age, to to find um, jobs in industry. Mm-hmm. So, and after all, you know, writing is my thing. So, um, and I have a couple of books coming out at some point. So I have to figure just that out few. too. Just like just a, I've planned like eight or nine books, but yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like just just a couple. Just a couple. I've written. I haven't written so much i mean yeah but but there it, it's gonna happen you put me to shame honestly yeah i'm wondering what uh, you know um we can still chat come on yeah. with each other just oh, just totally. take take this opportunity to chat so okay. we're coming back to the podcast i deleted a lot of the things chat and i talked about people because mm. they were personal you know mm. and you should you shouldn't know about them or maybe you will <laughs> know about them if i write them in my memoir at some point they are, they are saucy 
because that that's what we talk about Chet and I about sources that, that we do actually that and butt worms Can we talk about butt, butt worms, worms yes <laughs> so <laughs> so you realize that the whole butt worm situation is out of the podcast except for this now except right for this part so where people we're are about going to exactly. be wondering what are the butt worms what are butt worms <laughs> So jumping off into new things, I wonder what's, I wonder, so I wonder if this is a, um, I gotta wonder how it's affecting other people because me, like what's going on with the pandemic and the economic mm. repercussions, I can see a lot of stress, but I can see a mm. lot of people. I don't think I'm the only person that is taking this as like a opportunity to just go, you know what? I'm going to start living different. I'm going to do something different. Like, uh, I wonder how many other people have have taken this time to acknowledge that they're not where they would have chosen yeah. to be, that they've been on autopilot or they've let other people's priorities for what is yeah. right for mm-hmm. them. You know, for a long time, I, I let other people's I was really worried about what other people would think if I just stop doing nursing which is a, it's a career where you, you make a decent amount of money and, and yeah i mean not great but a decent amount of money just to do something and mm. um confronting this um coronavirus and mm. the conditions under which we're expected to perform um, mm. a job that was already very difficult to perform mm. uh really forced me to have to go yeah I, I'm not I mean my big joke was like I, I didn't spend I haven't spent the last six years trying to get out of nursing just to die from coronavirus in the last yeah. f- five weeks of being a nurse that's insane um it but it takes a little while it took a little while before somebody you know I didn't become and people who know me know this I didn't become an editor because I I, I went and like actively pursue being an editor. I, mm. I had a, uh, I had uh, AC talks about in our interview with AC Fuller. He talks about how he was looking for feedback and I basically line edited his novel for him. And he's like, mm-hmm. do this for me again and I'm going to pay you for it. Mm. And that's how I started. And, um, well, you know, this is what again. you told me when I better read your novel, more or less. Uh-huh. Like you were like, wow, you have to be an editor. And I was like, yeah, really? yeah, right. I was like, please help me find more of this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's um, and that's kind of how it worked. And now it's just kind of uh, butterfly from there. And now I I can't imagine me not doing this kind of work. Yeah. I I, I, I remember that. I said to I said to my friend, I said, you know, even if I start making a lot of like, let's say let's say crazy stuff happens and I and I uh, publish mm-hmm. a novel and it picks up and it hits and I could, I could get away with just um. Writing and publishing Writing, for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it'll be doing just fine. The, the, my feeling is this, is that like even if I do well like that, there are going to be a few authors I'm going to want to do their editing. I'm going to want yeah. to do this kind of work because mm-hmm. it's just I feel built for it. Like yeah, I'm designed it's your for thing. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I get that. And my, my thing is to find repetitions. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I'm just being a bit uh, sarcastic. Yes, please continue. It's just it's just interesting that it's you know it took it took this kind of catastrophic yeah. stuff that we're going through right now to finally acknowledge that it's okay to do what you would much 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 rather be doing than oh my god Chet, it took you so while like I was took, wishing you yeah. would just just do it already and finally like finally like oh, this is the silver lining right like yeah what if I would have kept going and being an, like under those circumstances being a nurse and just I mean, it got to the point where I'm like, at what point do you, like, how do you justify this 
to yourself that you're going to keep doing this, you know? And of course, you know, staff was excited and other people are excited that I have, that I have, um, I mean, I had no doubt whatsoever that once you stopped and you actually started looking for clients actively, you would mm -hmm. find them. Like you weren't really yeah. doing any marketing, you know, you didn't market yourself as a, as an editor. We don't have your web page figured out yet. Yeah, and yeah. still you were quite successful. And I was absolutely certain yeah. that if you actually tried to get clients, you would get many more. So I don't know what took you so long. I think, I don't know, maybe it was a little bit of insecurity or something. Oh God. Yeah. No, well, I, so was the way, like, yeah, I was like, I was convinced I you could do it. Like I was completely certain. I was afraid I was going to jump and nobody would catch me basically. But I, you know, I, I was, I grew up in a culture that said that work is something you do that you hate doing mm. and you do it because you have to, and that's yeah. it. And, um, if you enjoy doing it, well, it can be a hobby, but it can't be something that you that you demand money yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is this kind of mentality. But you know, my no. mom was a teacher. No. Um, elementary school teacher, and she no. always loved her job. Okay. So that's not exactly how <laughs> I grew up. I didn't really get to love my jobs as much as I would have kind of expected. I mean, I would love them if academia wasn't so toxic to uh -huh. mental health um, and if I didn't have the wrong mentality for it and if my thing wasn't uh, something completely different uh, because I was always a language you're just a, person. Yeah, you're, I mean, yeah, you are a language person and uh, it's just, people are going to get tired of me gushing, but it's tr it's really is true. You read, you read somebody's first novel. It's the same thing with John. I could not believe John's first novel was a mm. first novel. Mm. I was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, um, uh, a natural just kind of struck me in a much more. It's not even my way. first. It's like the basically the first thing I ever wrote. Like it's not yeah, really, just it's, your first novel. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it's you know, not and like it's funny. It's hard for us to assess ourselves this way, but I, you know, I told yeah. ourselves this way. But I told, I had, um, I had uh, my friend Terry read my first mm. book, and mm. she called me and she said, "You motherfucker!" And mm. I said, "Okay, what? Huh?" And she said. I didn't know you could do this. How the, f yeah. why are you not fucking doing this? She said, you know, I said, I knew you were smart. You know, I always knew this stuff. She said, but I had no idea you could write like this. And I said, well, yeah, this is the problem with having astrophysicist friends, right? And PhD <laughs> physicist friends, they will find whatever's wrong with it and they will not really validate you. So I, I never thought I could do this. Like, because the stuff that you do well is supposed to be the stuff that is just naturally assumed to be done well. Right. I don't know. I, until just, you read, until you read enough novels, you're like, ooh, a lot of people. Don't yeah, do because this these people only read the really good stuff, right? They, they, mm -hmm. they don't. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they they don't read whatever an editor yeah. reads. Let's say so their standards are like completely high, and they, yeah. Some of my friends, um, I've talked about this before, have a very um, logical way of thinking about stuff you know dissecting as, as i told you before like i read with my with my feeling right and people uh -huh. some some of my friends read with their logic uh -huh. and so they're able to um assess things differently whereas me if you you know catch my emotional you know world if you give me interiority i'm fine whereas um you know, physicists are very analytical, mm -hmm. you know, and they uh, need the other elements in, in a book. 
Mm-hmm. You know what we're talking about, the, the character development and so on and so forth. And I couldn't tell you if my characters develop in my in my novels. Like Oh, yeah, they totally do. I have well, no I mean, idea. <laughs> well, with a natural, I really, really do. Because, you know, they're both grappling with things. We don't get to well, see as much of, of, of John's... We see it from the outside of John, but we definitely see it with Stella. And, um, God, it's yeah. such a weird... It's such a weird... Like I said, you know, bring it back. I just wonder how many other people, you know, you were, I don't know, maybe I just meet people at, at, at times in their lives when in the middle of a change. You know, Stephanie, when, when Stephanie and I were together, you know, she had never really thought about being a writer at all until she mm. saw me starting to do stuff. And she, it just kind of, something about mm. the relationship sparked something in her. Mm. And um, uh, she transitioned from being a social worker to being a, a copy. She does, she does content ed- writing now for, um, mm freelancing and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. and you know i met you right before academia ended for you i don't know when we met you know when we start talking like maybe november october mm-hmm. yeah were you already thinking about ending academia or what well yeah I, I mean i knew there was no chance that uh my contract would be renewed with my that's right with my boss mm-hmm. and i mean there was the the idea that if i got the publication out i could get another contract at my institute Mm-hmm. with a different boss and uh yeah i just hadn't i i just didn't know how i would survive um doing s- another kind of work psychologically right? and the idea was um i would go into data science which i could still do i guess mm-hmm. um and i was trying to work in that direction a little bit but literature doesn't let me <laughs> right because you know I, I write stuff and then people send me stuff to better read and um ask me for opinions and then somebody said please edit this for me and then another guy <laughs> like another guy had written a novel and he was like oh my god how am i going to have this edited because I, i'm like broke and i was like okay just just give me this i will edit it for you and it needed, yeah and it needed a lot of editing so i was like no you, you can't publish it like that because yeah. there are some people who 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 could publish it with a with a proofread, right? Yes. But he wasn't one of them, and I was like, okay, I will do it yeah. for you for free. And then you said, oh my god, you have to be an editor. I was like, really? Like, are you sure? <laughs> uh, and then other people said, you know, please, yeah. you know, do this for me, and I will pay you. And it it just wouldn't let me go, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. I really wanted to try to get a good, well paid job in um, data science, but it's just not possible because literature is, is, is harassing me in this way. Yeah, but that's... I'm being harassed by yeah. it. Yeah. Um, just, yes, it's late. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not thinking straight. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just, it can't let me go and I can't let it go. And it's less money than I would get in a, in a data science job. And it's mm. lots of effort, and I wake up with it. I, I go to bed with it. I think about it all the time, and I always have like ten things to do at the same time. Unpaid stuff, you know, the better reads, for example. Uh, and it still doesn't let me go. You know, I just can't get myself to start doing these things. Like on Thursday, or I think on Wednesday, I spend my whole day writing critiques on Scribblefile. Yes, and I couldn't tell you why. I wanted to post something to see what people think about it, and mm-hmm. like I had a g- gazillion things to do, and I still 
spend my whole day on Scribify. And because when I look at yeah, my day, yeah. like, I don't know why I'm doing like, this, oh, right? Yeah. I have no idea why I'm doing this. It's because you just, you're compelled to, you have to. It's just like writing. Writing is a little bit harder for me because it's a little scary to me, but um, having the outline helps. But yeah, you know, you're just like, okay, I've got to, I mean, I'll get up sometimes and I won't even like, I'll be just trying to look at my previous editing before just to take a look at it, you know what I mean? And then suddenly I'm just in the document, I'm just editing it immediately, you know, I just can't really mm. prevent myself from doing it if I wanted to. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, I mean, people sometimes, they ask you to, to proofread or copy edit and... And you, get, and you end up doing too much. I can't not. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, I will have to give some line editing, uh, you know, <laughs> comments. Like, I, I, I try to, you know... Yeah. Restrain myself, but it's so difficult. Like, if yeah. you see a sentence that is not supposed to, it's not working well, you just have to, you know, ugh, fix it. It's like, yeah. It's the, so the, urge, the urge is strong, you know. <laughs> it's funny because it often depends too on who, who you're working with. Like, mm. you know, the author I'm working with today, he's at such a high level that I'm really just super, like, just sharpening what's already there i'm not yeah i'm never fixing a sentence that doesn't that doesn't make sense i'm mm. never i'm never um fixing a broken like a dangling i mean maybe once per novel i'm fixing a dangling modifier or something like that mm. um i'm not i'm not um i'm not addressing fundamental copy stuff i'm usually really getting the voice right getting the efficiency right uh adding some some flavor some uh elaborating about something just to make it because it sounds like you know maybe the reader would want that little bit that little touch mm. right there it's really really a lot more um finishing touches stuff and then there are sometimes when I, you know when i'm working with a new author and and um it's yeah. basic construction or it's um clarity you know or the, th uh, the things that completely oh that i find difficult the sentence fragments oh my god uh, yeah do you think like like new writers do that a lot, right? Like they just, you know, put fragments. There's a couple of things new writers do. Uh, one is that yeah. they head hop because they don't know the concept. They don't know yeah. what it is. They think I did that. <laughs> yeah. You did do that, but yeah. No, Be did. For that reason, because I had no idea. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did yeah. it for the exact same reason because I had no that's idea. The same, that was, that's why I did it. I remember I sent something to my friend Daryl and I said, what do you think? He said, you're head hopping all the place. I said, what is that? And then, you know, at the time, because I, I didn't mm. know anything, I was like trying to defend myself and say, well, who wants just blah, 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 blah. And then I thought about it later. I went, everybody does, dude. Everybody wants. Stick with, don't confuse your reader by popping back and forth, you know. I mean, outside of literary experimental stuff or like, or... <sighs> You know how it is. Unicorn. All your basic if you, if you, high fantasy, right? Which does it sometimes. Uh, it shouldn't though. But, but it's not really. Yeah, it's a little bit more. Yeah. You're not. You're not like in close. Um, so they do that, and then they filter, and then they. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we we talked about uh, show don't tell, and it's so mm. funny. But like I said, the biggest sin is when you show and tell because you're not secure. You're uh, insecure yeah. with the fact that you got it across. That's the worst. Yes. Because you're just basically telling your reader, "I don't trust." My either I don't trust my ability or I don't trust that you're intelligent enough to get this from what I just wrote. So I'm going to make yes. sure you get it. By, right? mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So those are things I see. And so um, that's so funny. The level of editing I get to do is highly dependent on the level of the work that I get. Mm. You know, I'll get you I'll get you to a pretty good state of flow and readability and, and, and style and, and mm. voice no matter what I do. 
mm-hmm. there are some times when I get to just really do some sharp stuff, and it's so much, mm-hmm. it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I I kind of like it too, but I don't know. I don't think I will ever be better at editing that than at writing. Really? Yeah. I don't. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't, I'd like to because isn't that what Dario said? Dario said he suspected he was a, his his worry was that he suspected that he was a better editor than a writer. Yeah, but but this is good, right? Because you can make a living out of that, and you can very. It's not very easy to make a living as a writer. So I I, I kind of envy that if you're a good mm-hmm. editor and you like you're confident in your skill, which I'm not. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's early for me. I'll just figure it out. I'm just getting started, right? I can't imagine now looking back. I think that. You know, I look at where I was like a year ago and I don't know who that person was. And I look at oh, who yeah. I was two years ago and I'm like, wow. And I, I yeah. wonder how long it's going to take of me not being in nursing before I go, what the hell was that all about? Like, <laughs> yes. What in the, like, thank God I figured it out. Like, you know, every, everything is late for me. Mm. Like I developed late because of my emotional stuff. Oh my God, Chet, do you mm. want to talk about late? <laughs> Let's mm. not talk about that. But, but I, what I'm just saying, I did. And <laughs> I'm now it's so really late funny. in everything. I was talking to my roommate and I said, you know, it's really interesting. I said, you know, I'm really lucky that it's younger women who are interested in me now because it's like, oh, you still have a chance at uh, marriage and maybe a family if that's Mm. what you want. And Mm. um, I'm like, wow, did I just really spend 15 years of my life in a situation, in a work situation that was, Mm. it's so hard. We think of these things as atomized things. We think, well, oh yeah, the work situation, oh, there's stress. But I got to tell you, it's a tump- I'm a different person now than I was yeah. when I, I mean, I'm not as reactive. Mm-hmm. I'm not as, uh, I have a lot more patience. I have a lot more room mm-hmm. for people to, uh, I don't demand as much perfection from other people as I used to. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, it is making a qualitative change in my life that is extremely hard to, if you think about it in your head, you think of all the parts and the pieces that you can move around. Mm. It never would occur to me that changing this piece would change the entire color, the entire uh, emotional resonance of the rest of my life because you can't really imagine it until you do it. And, you know, yeah. I would have thought that I could because I took that time off. I would have thought that I could. I took that month off. You know, I've taken, I've taken time off here and there in between contracts, but it's not the same as being like, okay, I have a new thing I'm doing. I'm not going yeah. back to that. Yeah. I don't have to keep my head in this. Yeah. I mean, in your kind of, in your previous line of work, I mean, of course, like it, it sounds very logical to me, what you're saying. But it was just, it was hard for me to imagine. And I don't know, have you noticed that you not going back to academia? What is that? It, how's, has that changed the basic, the basic way that you, your life looks to you now? Um, yeah, I, I have, see, the changes I've experienced are so profound and mm-hmm. so big in the past, let's say, two years, that this is just one of them. And I've been working on this for a long time, so it's not very baffling to me right now because I've been realizing, let's say, I've been in the process of realizing that this is for me for a while now, right? Like, I remember it was maybe last year at this time where I was like, uh, maybe I don't want to do this because you know I, I found a mentor in my institute um, about last year in March and you know she, she sat down with me and she's like look we're going to get a 
we're going to figure it out, right? We're going to contact people and we're going to get you, you know, to network and you're going to write this paper and the other paper. And it was a nice plan. I was happy that I would finally have, have help with something, you know, to, to advance my career. And one month later, I was like, really? Like, this is not happening. Like, I don't see myself, like I could do it, but emotionally, I don't see myself doing it. Like, I have no will to do it. I have no drive to do it. I have no intention of doing it. Like, you would like, do I, it if I, you were forced kind to. Of, like, I kind of knew already that this wouldn't really go anywhere. And then at about this time, there was an ad for a, for another position at my institute. And I was like, yay, this sounds like a very nice thing, completely different direction, different kind of programming skills to develop. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go there and start completely new. And then I, I didn't get that because I didn't have publications, first author publications. And at first I was a little bit sad. And then I was like, uh, you know, do, do I really want to continue like that? Like working myself to death and never having like a permanent contract, always having these two-year contracts and then, you know, rushing to publish because if you don't publish, you won't be hired again. And all this, you know, unstable situation. And ugh, it's just, I just couldn't see myself doing it. So everything was already coming to a head. You just didn't have any idea what the result yeah, was going to be at all. It's the problem, right? You have to survive somehow. And I'm in mm-hmm. the fortunate situation of having a husband, right? Who, who, who has a good salary. So, Well, you also live in a country that is a little bit more responsible with its... Yeah, and I I don't know, like, it's very difficult because, like, I don't have a profession right now, right? So I can't go and find a a job. It's it's very difficult. Like, I've been in climate science. I've done a bit of web development, but very little. So I couldn't be hired as a web developer. Like, and I did astrophysics and I have an astrophysics PhD and a physics degree, but it's all theoretical and not experimental and it's like ugh, what do you do with these degrees right like it's it's very strange and I'm, I'm doing literary stuff so it's a very weird situation to be in to not have to be almost 40 and not have a profession you know that you say Trust I am. Me. that's part of the reason I ended up in nursing is because I was looking at 30 with no no nothing. profession like yeah I had no profession I had no like consistent healthcare, no consistent dental no I had, you know, and that you look okay when you're doing that. When you're 25, you can look okay, but when you're 30, yeah. yeah. And so it's really funny. I just, I ended up in the same, I ended up into this profession that. Don't get me wrong. So nursing has done a lot for me. Like you would not, I don't think you would have liked who I was before I was a nurse because oh, a lot I, of my ability, that, yeah. a lot of the, my ability to consider the needs of other people, yeah, has come from nursing. I, yeah. It required me to do it on a on a three times a week basis yeah I had to Mm. um you know Mm. and uh yeah um I think I don't know if everybody does this but I met a lot of people so I guess I'm kind of fortunate you know what I I think about this what if I was in a marriage and I was in a family and I'd already started all that stuff and then I was in the situation where I'd chosen this inauthentic oh God, career yes. for myself mm-hmm. you know what I mean I, so I'm really yeah. kind of lucky because sometimes I look back and I go God you spent 15 years in a profession that yeah. but the profession did give me emotional skills it has helped me it's really funny um, you could, I couldn't see it when I was a nurse because mm. there was there's so much extra added stress of being a nurse meant that my, my patience was 
tried and that I was I was impatient, I was overreactive and all that kind of stuff. But what's really funny is it's kind of like weightlifting. I took the I took the stimulus away that I've been dealing with for the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And now I am just a very like I'm it's I have so many more um resources, so much so much more um of myself that I can give to other people without feeling too just not having to, to think, oh God, I've got to get my sleep schedule right. You have no idea. You have no idea what about, I didn't even, couldn't even acknowledge it. But you remember, a, a big uh, um, challenge for nursing for me was having to try to figure out, make sure how to get enough sleep. Oh yeah, I know I that. Constantly, like, I, I observed I was, you. I was con- now, and and what's really nice about what I'm doing now is line and style editing. And I have a lot of jobs. I have a lot of work I have to do. But if I need to sleep. And it's weird. I don't have to be up at 8 a.m. in the morning, and I don't have to be up at, at like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't have to be up at any particular time. Yeah. I can do my work when the work – and it's so funny. I get to like match my mind state to my work so that I'm like, oh, I'm getting a little bit rusty. Mm. Let's have a snack. Let's go for a walk. We'll come back. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to do it. In such a way that I get to it's, – it's so much better to be able to control my, my workflow it's important to you right mm-hmm. also with yeah. your disorder because mm-hmm. it's not as easy for you to regulate yourself right so yeah exactly it's not as easy so to regulate. and so what's really funny is that for the stuff that i have to now there are things that i need to regulate myself for you know the girl that i'm talking to my friendships um you know basic things like that uh you know a perfect example of this is like uh something came up recently where i found out oh my god i got to do my web hosting for the next year so mm-hmm. i said well let's do it for two years so i don't have to think about it again mm-hmm. but i'm like you know that was a big expense that came out of nowhere that i wasn't anticipating and i'm like oh but because i'm not stressed in six six thousand other ways mm-hmm. i feel like oh i can i can handle this i'm all right you are stressable so to say you, you, what, you can you can you can take more emotional strain and you deal with it yeah. better yeah mm-hmm. and it's only is, been a week and it's only been a week it's only going to get better mm-hmm. unless you get so swamped with editing work that you have to up your um, rates mm-hmm. uh, so that uh, less people <laughs> less people fewer people, fewer people. yeah, yeah it, come yeah. on it's like almost midnight give me a break I know. I've I know. been speaking three languages all day. Come on. <laughs> Only three. Only three. I'm, you know I'm, the old I'm, joke, right? I think we even told this one before you. What's the joke that says, uh, what, do you, what do you call somebody who speaks um, uh, two languages? Bilingual. What do you call somebody who speaks three languages? Well, trilingual. What do you call somebody who speaks only one language? Monolingual. American. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Brits are because also sometimes like that. I don't know. I've heard that. Yeah. It's really yeah, funny. You know how they have Chinese and simplified Chinese? Somebody yeah. posted something once where they had English and it was mm. British. Mm. And it had the British flag and then it had simplified English and it had the American flag. Oh, come on. That's a misconception. <laughs> I know it is. I know it That's is. That's not true. But it was funny. It was really, still really funny to see. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we are, we're taking off. I am... Um, I, uh, you are writing like crazy, and um, I'm not writing like crazy. Like oh, I haven't, I haven't written on my novels in a very long time. I'm just no, writing this memoir, memoir stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, memoir, but that's memoir. this memoir stuff. I mean, you realize that this is never going to be published. Right? Oh yeah, we'll just change the names and a few of the yeah. We'll it's no, it's not not gonna happen. It'll be Romana Clef. It'll be fine. Yeah. What? I mean, Romana Clef. What is Romana Clef? Oh, Romana Clef is like um, uh, it's. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, um, it's where you write basically your life, but you yeah. s- slightly change things. But most of the people involved know who the people are. 
I mean, yeah, I'm it's, not even it's, changing it's anything. It's very close. Yeah, it's it like, very close to... It hues, hang on, let me see if I can find it for you. Um, Romana Clef. There we go. Yeah, that's a uh, thing. Yeah, Roman Aklef. It is... Um, yeah, I didn't know the term either. Stephanie introduced this to me, and I was like, oh, I don't goodness. even but, know like, if my life is even interesting for people to read. Okay, let's, let's just call it the self-indulgent episode and... Okay. Publish it as the self-indulgent episode. People like us, I think. It's weird, right? I know. I'm always surprised. <laughs> Yeah. I'm surprised. We were listening to the editing one. It's really funny. I was like, oh man, that guy knows what he's talking about. I'm like, oh wait, that's me. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sh- that's I'm shocked nice. I agree that's with myself. Nice. What do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So this was fun for us. Let's see yeah. how much of it survives to the episode. Because <laughs> I talked about stuff that I don't want the, you know, many people to know. <laughs> like the butt worms. The butt worms. <laughs> that's All <right>. fun. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah, okay. All right, I'm going to get back to editing AC here, and we're going to... I'm just going uh, to go to bed and deal with my next uh, children-related crisis in the morning, yes. because we have one of those, of course, because always. there always are. So let's wrap this up. Okay. Right. And next time we might talk about less self-indulgent things, or maybe not. Yeah. Maybe we'll just keep this up. Maybe it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Yay!